Hey y'all, it's Cheyenne. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Sickly Sweet Podcast. If this is your first time listening, hi, I'm your host Cheyenne. I am a Texas native who grew up on Forensic Files and who also grew up watching 2020 and 48 Hours with my mother. Since we've been stuck in on quarantine, the two of us have been binge watching Forensic Files together quite a bit. So how are you guys doing while you're on quarantine? If this is your second, third, fourth, or fifth time listening to me, or if you've been with me since the beginning, thank you guys so much for sticking with me and hanging out and listening. And I appreciate every listen more than you guys will ever know. I've gotten a couple messages from you guys, and I will be doing episode three again, because somebody had told me that there was some kind of audio technical difficulty with that. So I will be re-recording Brittany Kilgore's story again. Today's story is a story that's been controversial in the past, and like I've said with some of the others, like the Breonna Taylor and the Ahmed Arbery case, it's not a political platform, this is a true crime podcast. In my opinion, people come on here to listen to things to escape what's going on, or to be informed, or to find out things not to be in the middle of things. You know, it's kind of like when you watch a movie, the way that you don't want to have to think about what's going on on the news when you want to escape in a kind of distractive state or like when you play a video game. Not that a true crime thing is like that. This is real people. But the thing is, coming to listen to these kind of stories is different from turning on the news and seeing a story that somebody died today or something bad happened. It is bad things that happen, but these are past events except for missing persons or current events. I really hope that that makes sense to you guys. So please, this is not going to be about political standing or political platform. So I expect everyone to please be respectful and please do not argue with each other. Please be kind. Do not spread hate. Today, we're going to be talking about the case of Molly Tibbetts. She was a 20-year-old college student who was living in Iowa. She was originally from San Francisco, California, and when she was in the second grade, her parents had divorced. She moved with her mother and her siblings to Iowa, and she kept in close contact with her father. Her father had seen her at his wedding in June, which was right before she had went missing. She was at her boyfriend's home at the time. He was out of town. He was in Dubuque, Iowa. She was in Brooklyn, Iowa, which to my best understanding is not too far from Des Moines, which is near the Illinois border. She had went out for a jog at around 7.30 p.m., and a man named Christian Rivera had tried to approach her more than once. And as a female, I do not think it's appropriate that a strange man is just going to approach some woman and expect her to just throw herself all over him or go off with him for sex or whatever the intent was for him approaching her. It's kind of creepy and it's a little perverted in my opinion. And she had ignored him and told him she was going to continue on with her jog that she wasn't interested. He then proceeded to continue to drive up and down and watch her and follow her at a distance on her jog, which was caught on multiple cameras And on July 18, 2018, Molly Tibbetts went missing. She was missing for a while, and there was a $366,000 reward for her. There was also a website and I believe a couple billboards that were put up. I think to this day, it's one of the highest rewards that's ever been offered for a missing person safe return in the state of Iowa. However, sadly, 
on August 21st, 2018. They had looked on her boyfriend's property. They had checked two farms in the area and had checked multiple creeks as well as had a search team out looking all over for her and they could not find her. When they picked him up as a person of interest, he later admitted to killing her, although it never said exactly what was the proper. It just on the coroner's report and from the news articles that I could read, it said that she died from multiple sharp force entries committed with a sharp object. So I would pretty much imagine what that is, is that she was stabbed to death and that she probably died either from a stab wound to the chest, a severed artery, or blood loss, although it's very vague. He had taken them to a cornfield, and her body sadly was there, and she was identified as Molly Tibbetts, the missing girl. He later confessed and had told police everything that they needed to know, and I believe he was charged with first-degree murder charge. Now, as far as what I meant about the political thing is... He was a man that attacked a woman, and it was a murder. And it turned into his immigration status became the pivotal point to the point that they talked about his immigration status and that he was not here legally in the country. He was from Mexico originally. And it started to actually overshadow Molly's death and Molly's disappearance, kidnapping, however you want to look at it, because he did take her off without her consent and kill her. So I don't know if you would technically constitute that as kidnapping. But his immigration status really, in my opinion, had nothing to do with what happened. Now, I'm not condoning what he did. I'm not saying what he did is right. This young woman is dead and her family is without her. And she was a young life that was cut short, much like Tessa Majors and some of the other women that have died at a young age brutally. And his immigration status has nothing to do with it. I mean, we're supposed to look at he killed her. She's dead. He was convicted of first degree murder. End of story. I don't think that a criminal's past or their status, because there's been people that have been here legally, there's people that have become citizens, people that have gotten married to obtain citizenship, etc, etc. And if they commit a murder, it's not really about their status. It's about proving that they did it, DNA evidence, evidence, eyewitnesses, the whole nine yards. So I'd really like to know what you guys thoughts on this case is. Because as I mentioned on the Brianna Taylor episode, which you have not listened to, if you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. The media has used her being a first responder and an EMT, and it has overshadowed the death and it has overshadowed quite a bit of other things. A person's job and a person's legal status, as well as a person's sexuality, like in some of the LGBTQ murders and as well as, you know, murderers that have committed crimes, it's not about that, in my opinion. It's about a person died, a person lost their life, or this is a murderer. I mean, as we've learned with quite a few killers, that they have traumatic backgrounds. Some have sexual abuse histories, as well as some also have mental disorders. And we are not supposed to sit and pick apart their life or try to pick apart who they were or what they did. We are supposed to look at the things as plain and simple like a jury. When a court case is presented to a jury, a jury is supposed to sit and look at all the evidence that's been collected and make a jury 
excuse me, I'm getting a little tongue-tied here. They are supposed to make a verdict based on guilty or not guilty by what is presented to them. They are not supposed to look at the whole thing. They're supposed to look at why this happened, who did this, and do we have the proof to convict them? So I don't know. Like I said, I would really love to hear you guys' thoughts on the case, and I would really like to hear you guys' opinions on it. I would love to talk to you guys about the case if you'd be interested. You can listen to Sickly Sweet Podcast on Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor. You can also find me on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and I'm on most podcasting platforms. You can find me by searching the show. You can also find Sickly Sweet Podcast on Instagram, which is where I'm usually most active. I do have a Twitter account, which is Cup and Cakes at C-U-P-P-I-N-G-C-K-A-E-S. I'm most active, though, on Instagram. Facebook and a website will be coming eventually. But if you've been with me since the beginning, I'm kind of procrastinating on that. I have a full-time job that I work remote, and I also do the podcast when I have free time, which some of these episodes I record daily. Some I record every two to three days. So I'm on quarantine right now. When I'm done with my job, I kind of have nothing to do. So I like to record episodes and spend time with you guys and hang out with my listeners. Thank you guys so much for listening. It means more than you guys know. Thank you for every like, every follow, every listen, every everything. It really means a lot to me. And it really means a lot that you guys are taking time out to spend this time with me and to listen to these stories and listen to me tell them to you and listen to what I have to say. Thank you guys so much. Stay safe. Take care. And until next time, take care, y'all.